There's no way around it. Caring for a loved one with dementia is not for the faint of heart. We don't know what we don't know, and many families focus so much on the person with dementia that they forget to keep their eyes on the family member managing care, which can be catastrophic. In this podcast, we'll help you become more proactive and remind you to focus on yourself. We will share challenges and wins and guidance from professionals at every step in the journey of caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's and other dementias. Welcome to the Eye on the Caregiver podcast. Welcome to Eye on the Caregiver podcast. I'm Michelle Darwin, co-founder of Winward Foundation and the Alzheimer's Caregiver Alliance. And I'm Sean McDermott, also the co-founder of the Windward Foundation and Alzheimer's Caregiver Alliance. And I'm also Michelle's younger brother. Oh, I'm the big sister. <laughs> I thought we would take an opportunity and just tell a little bit about our own story and how we got here, why we do what we do. So I think it really starts with you, Sean, and your desire. So why don't you kind of tell the story of of how we got started and then we can take it from there. Sure. So the the story really starts a decade ago when uh, I, I, as an entrepreneur and started a few companies, started thinking about you know, how we can give back to the community. It's always been a big part of uh, our culture, um, not only in the company, but also in our family. And as we started thinking about that, I started getting involved in other charitable organizations. There's a couple of things that came to, that I started to observe along the way. Uh, One was that these organizations spend a tremendous amount of time raising money. And it's, it's almost a, uh, it's a, it's, it drives a lot of the strategy of the organizations, these nonprofits that um, have to spend just tremendous amounts of time raising money. And the second thing is, is that a lot of the the money that makes these foundations comes in, uh, in small amounts. And as I start thinking about it and thinking about focus and how we can drive more focus, I saw that I saw these charities and how they operate is fundamentally um, tough and that's why there's a lot of small charities out there that do great work, but don't ever kind of really hit any kind of critical mass. Uh, so as I started thinking about, you know, how we can reapproach charitable giving and community give back, our, uh, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and uh, our father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And um, in what, 2011, I think, Michelle, somewhere 2010, that, that time frame's a little blurry to me. Yeah, I think he was officially diagnosed in 2010, but we knew there was a problem prior to that. It was just a matter of time. So they say once you uh, get diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you probably already had it for five years or so. And I think we definitely saw that in in our situation where dad's uh, memory was becoming impaired and uh, it was a lot of symptoms were showing up. So uh, that was kind of a turning point for for me personally in that um, I, I now had a more that I could deal with and, uh, something very close to home. And I also had a company that had the resources to, to do something about it and take away some of that burden of raising money and just really get focused in on the problem. And, uh, the, the beginning of the foundation really kind of born out of the journey that we had with dad, right? Dad and mom. And I'll tell my side of it. And then Michelle, you can tell your side, but my side of it was that it was very, um, 
as tough as this journey was and the, you know, the end that we, it, it came to with dad passing away in 2014, there was the silver lining to all this was that I got to be exposed to this whole caregiver community and uh, seeing my mom go through the process and, and the challenges that she had and, and us trying to help her. But also when we finally moved dad into the memory care facility and seeing the people every day that came there and, and looked after dad and, and cared for him in, in such a loving way that it really, you know, Michelle and I started thinking about this, about how, you know, what is the missing component of this Alzheimer's conversation, right? And there's a lot of um, ag- advocacy going on. There's a lot of uh, research going on, uh, clinical trials, and, re- you know, all kinds of things going on. And, and we kind of felt like, or at least I felt like, and I think, Michelle, you would agree, that the caregiver, you know, the person on the front line every single day, um, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just needed a lot more support. And we felt like there was an opportunity for us to create the Windward Foundation to really focus in on the caregiver and the journey that they're on and the different stages that they're going to go through because we went through all those stages ourselves that we can become a resource for caregivers, unpaid family caregivers, to help them in this journey from the beginning of diagnosis to, unfortunately, the ultimate end of, you know, because there is no cure, right, and the ultimate end of that journey. And what I tell people is our mission is is to ensure that these caregivers, as they go through this journey, come out the other end stronger, right, than... Uh, than they were before, and not broke and broken, right? Uh, because so many have come out of this, and they're just physically broken. They're financially broken. Uh, it's such a hard journey to go through, and we just felt uh, that this was really, you know, something we could contribute to to help you know, ease that ease that pain. I was very involved, and and continue to be involved in a volunteer way on advocacy issues, the legislative side of, you know, kind of keeping my pulse on what's happening with research on Alzheimer's. Not only that, but legislature and everything that comes to Washington that is geared towards the family caregiver, right? Because we talk about, Sean's talking about the 24-hour caregivers, and I want to make the distinction that, you know, we appreciate all the caregivers, and I the caregivers, the professional caregivers that took care of our dad were angels on earth. Our focus is not the paid caregiver. You know, we focus on the family caregiver, the unpaid family caregiver. And so, you know, we knew that there was this gaping hole because we were part of that gaping hole. You know, we, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to go. And we say all the time, you don't know what you don't know. And that starts at the very beginning. And we realize that fundamentally, there's still many, many families that have a parent or a spouse that is showing cognitive decline and they're not even seeking out a diagnosis. So if you don't even have a diagnosis and you don't even know what you're dealing with, right? And then you've also got caregivers who maybe are sharing with their physician that there are like cognitive impairments happening and they're sort of given given the message that cognitive decline or 
memory issues is just a normal part of aging, which it isn't, right? And so I think, unfortunately, we uncovered even more than we kind of were thinking originally. Do you agree with me, Sean? You know, I think the, 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 the where people need help is so much broader and wider than what we originally thought. Yeah, I um, mean, I think this has been a learning process for us too, right? Because everybody's journey is different. Right. And you, you know, some people have a lot of family support. Some people have no family support. Some people have financial means to take care of and, and get access to care. And some people have absolutely no financial means to do things like that. So what we have found, uh, you know, as we started the foundation um, six years ago is, you know, the, the pressures on, on caregivers are just so much broader and deeper than we ever thought. And uh, when you look at uh, all aspects of, of work-life balance and emotional distress and financial distress and fear of the unknown, there's just so many things that, um, the, that a you know, caregiver goes through and a caregiver team, right, and whether it's the family and others, that go through as they're trying to navigate this journey. And most of them are doing this for the first time. You know, we, we have the, a little bit of a unique situation. Unfortunately, I don't think it's super unique that this is the second time we dealt with it. Right. Cause my father's um, mother had Alzheimer's and I went through that with them when I was in college and we brought her to uh, our house and she actually lived in my bedroom. I had to live, I had to sleep in the guest room. So she moved into my bedroom and, you know, I got to see it every single day. And that was the first time that I had ever, you know, experienced anything like that. But even that experience was so much different than my dad's, right. Than dad's experience, because, you know, dad was affected very differently. He had different emotions. He had different, you know, while our grandmother became angry and manipulative, um, our father never became like that, you know, and, so uh, every these these experiences are always different, you know. And um, you know when you know when may, when my grandmother got Alzheimer's, my dad was working full time, so my mom became the caregiver. So my mom became the caregiver twice, actually, in this in this story. So right, and you know, there's almost like a I'm I'm I don't think I'm exaggerating because I've had so many people tell me this. It's not just my opinion, but it's almost like a PTSD effect. <laughs> you know, she went through it. She watched how difficult it was. And then fast forward 20, 25 years and her husband is diagnosed. So she knew exactly what that was going to look like or she had in her mind what that was going to look like. And I honestly, I can't imagine anything worse, you know, anything worse than your spouse. You know, they were married over 50 years and knowing what this was going to become. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think it's unique. We, we certainly thought it was, you know, but it's, it's not unique. And it's just another example of the need that families have because the behaviors are so very different. And there's many different kinds of dementia. You know, we say Alzheimer's a lot, but we really work with families that are dealing with any form of dementia. And the forms of dementia manifest themselves different ways. And so the symptoms that, you know, well, I don't know what kind of, if our grandmother was, they said she had Alzheimer's after she died. They diagnosed it as Alzheimer's by autopsy. 
Um, you know, I'm not sure if that autopsy would show the same results today, if they look at Alzheimer's the same as they did back then. But certainly, you know, it was, I look, I can look at it for sure and look at our grandmother. We called her Minnie. She was like, you know, four foot 10, maybe, you know, we called her Minnie and I can look at her and remember back when she had Alzheimer's and I don't think we ever really understood the true impact on our parents as caregivers, right? I remember seeing the stress for sure, but I don't think any of us really like wondered, hey, what can we do for you? You know, what can we do for you? Yeah, I totally do, do agree, agree with that. Or, you know, you, you saw it a little bit differently because you lived at yeah, home and I, I wasn't mean, living at home. I, you know, look, I looking, looking back on it, it was, um, you know, I think my mom took the brunt of it. Right. And, uh, you know, my dad was working full time and I was a full time student in college and worked at night and, you know, probably somewhat selfish back at that, that age, you know, in my, you know, late teens and early twenties. And, uh, so my mom took the full brunt of it. And, um, but I do remember a lot of the interactions between Minnie and mom. And, and I think the, the other unique thing here with us, and again, I don't know if it's unique, but it felt unique to us is that uh, my you know dad went through this and he remembered it with his mom. And when he was diagnosed and started having some cognitive issues early on, uh, he he became very, very depressed because I think he had all these memories of what was happening to his mom and that was going to happen to him. And uh, he didn't he really didn't want to he didn't want to live anymore. You know, and so he went into a deep depression for what a year and a half, I think, something like that. Uh, so, but everyone's like I said, everything's different, and and uh, so our our really our mission here, right? As I said before, is to is to help people through this journey because if you've never gone through it before, you have no idea what's ahead of you, and uh, the ability to just understand, you know, a couple steps ahead, right? And know that you have options all along the way and know that there's information and resources for you that you never would have known about. If we can help somebody in their journey uh, come out the other end, you know, a, a stronger person, then we've done our job. And that's that's really what our mission is all about. And really, that's what the podcast is about, right? The podcast yeah, is about absolutely. getting access to to experts and uh, advisors and things like that on all aspects of this journey, whether it be emotional aspects and respite therapy to financial um, advice. There's there's just so many things to talk about. Yeah, if you imagine it as a journey, all of these little stops along the way, and some people will come to us and they've already taken half of the journey. You know, they're already halfway in. So, you know, but we're going to cover all the topics and we've got great experts um, who are going to be, um, you know, who we are going to have conversations with and everything from, you know, some of the beginning telltale signs and some things to work, to look into things as, um, things to look for as an adult parent who has a, an aging adult child who has an aging parent, maybe long distance or, or close by, you know, all the way along and all the way along the journey. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to welcome people's questions. And, you know, when we see something that, 
we see as a common struggle, you know, you can bet that we're going to get someone on the podcast and talk about it and make sure that we can kind of um, clear that up for them and, and, you know, sort of, sort of help them out. I think, you know, if you go back to when our grandmother was diagnosed, when Minnie was diagnosed, you know, there were support groups, you know, that definitely was an option for them, but that was about it, you know, and now there are more resources available to families, but they don't know what to ask because they're, they're oftentimes not really talking to anyone. They're just kind of living with the fact that their aging parent or their spouse is showing signs of memory loss and they're trying to do it alone. And we just don't want anyone to do it alone. We want, we want, we don't want, yeah, we live in, a, we live in a great, a great age right now. Right. And, and when, when, uh, grandma went through this, uh, we didn't even have the internet. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm not even sure I had a computer, my first computer yet. So we now have access to all this and, you know, podcasts, you know, didn't exist and weren't even contemplated, you know, back then. So we have all this information now and now, you know, we need to get it out. So I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast, um, who, who wants to learn something to even email us or, you know, comment on any of the episodes about topics that you might find interesting and definitely reach out to our website, you know, windwardfoundation.org or alzcaregiveralliance.org and sign up for the community and get access to all the information we're putting out there as well as webinars and programs. Uh, there's all kinds of things out there that we're producing in, in support of the caregiver during this journey. Uh, we produce podcasts at least once a week, um, probably more. And uh, there's a range of topics to listen to and, um, yeah, we're here for you on this journey. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to um, hearing from you soon.